0: Well, it is uh, my privilege now uh, to introduce uh, Pastor Don Haywood from the Aboriginal Berean Community Church in Chiltern, uh which is one of the churches that is a part of our wider network of Baptist churches. And uh, many of you know Uncle Don. Uh, he is definitely a friend of our Richmond family, has been here many times over the years uh, to speak as part of our gatherings, but to participate in other things that we've done together as well. Uh, there's a number of interns that are a part of his church that have come here uh, done some training over the years as well, uh, and uh, we are really, really grateful for all that he brings. He is someone who is a key uh, Aboriginal advisor and a key Christian leader, uh, not just across our Baptist movement, but honestly, right across our state. Uh, I am always blown away when I hear some of the stories of the places where he journeys, uh, the churches that he speaks to, but also the groups and the communities that he spends time with. Uh, he has a significant voice right across our state, uh, and it is a real privilege and an honour for us to have him here today. Uh, As I've got to know him a little bit, I have really, really appreciated uh, his wisdom, but also his deep sense of humility in that and the way in which not just what he shares, but the way in which he shares it. And so we're really, really grateful to have you here with us, Uncle Don. And so let's give him a hand as he comes up. Welcome. Welcome. We uh, wanted to do an acknowledgement of country uh, today. This is something that we do on a regular basis here at Richmond. We have a slide that is a part of our pre-gathering scroll that we have up every week to be able to recognise that we're on Ghana land, and uh, regularly we will also intentionally lean into that and talk about that, Uh, but we felt like it was an appropriate thing for us to do uh, today to do an acknowledgement of country. Uh, Uncle Don, as I'm sure he'll share, is not a Ghana man, and so we can't do a welcome to country, uh, but we wanted to do an acknowledgement of country and we wanted to do it together uh, as a sign of reconciliation and partnership together. So I want to hand over to you uh, to do an acknowledgement of country for us.
1: Thank you, Nate. Um, I'm going to put a little bit of a different slant on it. Um, Nate is right, I'm not from this country, I'm actually from the southwest corner of Western Australia. And um, if you've ever looked at an Aboriginal language map, there's language groups all over this country, and my one is tucked away in the southwest corner called Goring. And so it's very important for me, as an Aboriginal man, and especially one who's been called by God to a particular area, to acknowledge the language group of this area, which is the Ghana people. And in our church in Cheltenham, We not only have the Ghana language group, but we also have a lot of other language groups as well, as well as a lot of other cultures. Um, And so I praise the Lord for how he calls us into ministry, into the different areas. And I think it's important for us, wherever we are across this country, is to acknowledge the first peoples that were there and to have a heart for them to be able to at least create an opportunity to be able, one, is know and understand about the history of that particular group, but also ask God how you can extend your ministry as a church to that particular group. And I think if you look at the principles around how you can do that, then I think you'd be very good as a church to then be able to extend those out to any cultural group that is in your area So it's very important here that we do that, thank you.
0: That's yeah, great and uh, and yeah, we do want to, we regularly do, but we want to continue to acknowledge uh, the stewards of all of the resources of this area for thousands and thousands of years um, but also the stories that they share and what they can teach us uh, from what this land has represented and all the different spaces that are a part of it uh, and so it's good for us to be able to acknowledge and recognise uh, the place of the Ghana people and the elders who have played such a key role in being the custodians uh, of those stories and those resources for so many many years. Today we want to uh, take some time to be able to uh, talk about something very significant that's coming up, uh, the voice referendum and so our focus today is not to tell you how to vote uh, as a church and particularly as a Baptist church, we don't believe that is our role whatsoever Uh, but we do believe that we have a key role to play in being able to just equip ourselves well to make good decisions and then to land wherever it is that we're going to land. Um, So on October the 14th, as you are hopefully very well aware, in less than three weeks we will have the opportunity to vote in the referendum and so we did want to uh, just remind ourselves of what it is exactly that we're going to be voting on and then Uncle Don's going to take some time to uh, share some thoughts on things for us to consider uh, as we get ready for that. So uh, the official wording uh, of what we're voting on uh, is this, so the question that we're going to get the opportunity to say yes or no to is should the constitution be altered to acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people with the following wording. In recognition of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of Australia, there shall be a body to be called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. The Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice may make representations to the Parliament and the Executive Government of the Commonwealth on matters relating to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, and the Parliament shall, subject to this constitution, have power to make laws with respect to matters relating to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice, including its composition, its functions, powers and procedures." And so it's helpful for us to remind ourselves that's it. That's exactly what we're voting on. That's what we have the option of being able to say yes or no to, including that wording in the Constitution. So uh, we wanted to take some time today to be able to listen to Uncle Don and uh, what it is that we can be taking into consideration as we get ready to vote. Um, But also to think about what it is that we can be doing to have healthy conversations with people that we disagree with. So regardless of whether we are going to vote yes or no, uh, there are people who sit on opposite sides of the camp to us, and as people who who believe firmly in reconciliation, we also would love to hear a little bit about what it looks like to be able to uh, enter into those conversations well. So uh, I'll hand over to you, and uh, then we'll come back up in a bit.
1: Adrian and Francesca, is that your names? Yeah, you, you mentioned a couple of churches. The first one was the Blackwood Church of Christ, oh, sorry, Blackwood Baptist, and I got invited to speak there, and I didn't know how big the church was. <laughs> I got up, and there was a sea of faces, and I'm thinking, what's this fella done to me? Um, I, I did get through it. <laughs> and the second church you mentioned was the Anchor Church in Port Adelaide. Um, we're based in Cheltenham, but I, um, I'm i on a national training body, and I'm an elder on there, and we look at three questions, what does it mean to be Aboriginal, what does it mean to be Christian, and how do we navigate in the Western world, and there was a lady that was one of the leaders on there that actually came from the Anchor Church, and um, then we met with some leaders because they wanted to know how to sort of navigate through um ministering to Aboriginal people in the Port Adelaide region because it's got a very high population. So, yeah, so um, all the best when you travel down there to, yeah, Port Adelaide. Um, it's been a real headache for me. Um, I've been inundated, I've been inundated, like, for a long time now around this sole question, around the referendum and... You know, I sort of make it a little bit simple. I just say, look, it's a, it's a recognition in the constitution of Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander being the first peoples there and also um, to then have a voice enshrined in Parliament. And um, Nate is right. There is just so much debate around that that's happening in the country at the moment and um, none, none more so in our church. And like many churches, you may have a church where there's a majority yes and a little bit of no. You might have a church where there's a majority no and a little bit of yes. You might have a church where there's sort of 50-50 and then you've got a church where there's a lot of undecided people. Um, It's a huge decision for us as a country. And so I'm really saying to our brothers and sisters in Christ and I come to you this morning in peace, and I come to you as a, as a brother in the Lord um, to be able to share my thoughts about, um, because it's such an important decision, I, I think we have to give some time and some effort in trying to work out what the right decision is. It's a big decision. You know, I always think about a person who goes to buy a house they will do everything in their power to make the right decision and I'm asking uh, my brothers and sisters and the Lord across this country is to at least give um, some respect to us because this decision is about us. It's about the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Um, You know, the one thing I'm aware of and I looked at a, a statistic in... 2016, and it said that most of the Christians in this country, 41% of Christians vote for Liberal. 21% of the Christians in this country vote for Labor. This is not a vote about a political party. It's a vote about us. And so I want to share some of that stuff, um, some of those things as we go through this morning um and it was it was getting to me um the young lady talked about rest <laughs> i've not been at rest for a long time and i maybe there was a message from you this morning to me <laughs> i gotta have a rest <laughs> um but I, I was praying to the lord and i was asking the lord well you know you have called me into a ministry you called me as a pastor even I didn't want to be a pastor. <laughs> I fought the Lord for two years without one. Um, but you called me to be a pastor, Lord. What what should I do? Like, what what should be my response? And then um, God took me to this particular Bible reading, and it's in First um, Timothy chapter two and verses one to four. And it says, "Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving." Of these things be made for all men, for kings and all their own authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is the good and acceptable this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. The one thing I wasn't doing. And You know, you'd think it would be the most natural thing for me as a pastor was to pray, to pray. Um, Our head can get so busy with so many different things, we don't take the time to rest or to wait on the Lord. You know, um, it's not only just the question of the referendum that's in our head, it's everything else in life because we also have to live our own lives and all the things that we have to do. And God was just saying to me, because I had calls from all over this country, Don, what do you reckon, Don? (laughs) What do you think? What should we do? Um, And then I I sort of reserved my decision and I said, uh, eventually, I said, look, I've got to go and pray. You've probably got to go and pray too. You know, especially now, I don't know if you know, but there is a... um, there's a group that's meeting up at Uluru this morning, the centre of Australia, and there are Christian leaders from more Aboriginal Christian leaders from all over the country that are praying for a couple of things. One is that the Lord would help us through some of the things that we need to make right with God as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, but also for the healing of this country. I, I think that's the most wonderful thing that we can do um, as Aboriginal Christian leaders is to pray for our people, but also to pray for the people that have come to this country and then the descendants of those people. So pray, pray, pray. Now, in this, in this verse, it, it, it doesn't just say pray. It picks up what I call the, the whole aspect of prayer. So the writer picks up four elements and there's supplication and supplication is when we pray on behalf of ourselves. There's a lot of things we bring to God, eh? There's a lot of things we have to bring to God because there are some challenges in our life today that are very big challenges and my heart goes out to our young people, you know, the challenges that you're going to face are not going to be the challenges that I faced when I was younger, but they are some very deep challenges in this country at the moment. So my prayers for you is to pray to God to help you. Pray to God to give you wisdom, to pray to God to give you strength for the challenges that you face, not only as young people, but as older ones as well, um, and those in between. The second part um, where the writer writes is about pr- prayer itself. And this is, the old intent of prayer is for us to focus on who? On God. How, how quickly does our focus get taken away? Eh? Like how quickly can our focus go on to everything else but God? Prayer is the one thing that helps us focus our attention back on God. The third thing is intercession, uh, intercession is where we pray on behalf of each other and I'm always saying to our church one of the biggest challenges we have in our community and I think community at large is just we, we, we're very good at tearing each other down. We're very good at um, gossiping, saying things they can be nasty with an intent to hurt a person. And I'm always saying to the fellows, well, don't do that. Don't You, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know how much challenges they have in life. You know, why are you forcing your judgement on them, something that you would make a decision about, not understanding what they're going through. So my encouragement is to continue to pray for each other, and I can guarantee you this. One thing God is saying to us, is we've got to pray for our country. We've got to pray for our country. What, what it has done, this whole question about the referendum has brought out a lot of nasty stuff, a lot of things that really have disheartened me, have hurt me, and I'm praying, Lord, we've got to bring decency and order back into this country so that these leaders of both the yes and the no would be able to say to those radicals or those extremists, you just need to settle down now. You need to let people make a decision without trying to influence them in a, in a way which is derogatory or a way which is discriminatory or a way which is racist. Those things we can't accept because we are people of the what? Of the truth. That's who we are. We must always stand up for the truth And the fourth one is, and we don't do this very often, (laughs) is to give thanks to God. Um, He's done a lot for you, you know. He really has. He's done an incredible amount for you. He's done amazing things for you in the past. He's doing amazing things for you today. And he's going to do amazing things for you in the future. So this whole aspect of prayer is something that I think God is bringing us back to as Christians especially not just in relation to the referendum, but everything that is is happening in this country. The um, second part of that verse I wanted to pick up was the word godliness. You know, we we are people of God. Um, We should live a life that is deeply influenced by God. We should live a life that exemplifies our Christian faith. Now, quite often that goes against what we might think or what, might, what others might think. But in the end, that's what God is calling us to be. He's calling us to be people of God. He's calling you to be a man of God. He's asking you to be a woman of God. And what you have to do is you have to do a little bit what you're saying is you're going to give you have to give God the time you're going to have to give God the time because how many people influence our lives how many thoughts do we have racing around in Howard we have to give God the time we have to ask God well God what do you want us to do what do you, what, what do you want us to do I know what I want to do <laughs> But God, I'm, I am your representative on this earth. I must begin to see things as you see them, God. And that's a big challenge for us because all of us are influenced in some way by someone or, or some people or whoever it may be. But in the end, God must make the call in our lives. I'll leave that. <laughs> um, i just got some little pointers to sort of make use or for you to consider. Um, whether it's in a national debate about this referendum or whether it's anything else is... The first thing is you have to be careful of your biases and prejudices. you all got them. You all have them. Um, you know, I, I use a story about when I was down at the airport and this old lady was sitting on a seat and I sat like over there and she grabbed her bag and put it on the other side of herself. And I know I shouldn't think like this as a pastor, but I said, you old white racist pig... I said in my head, the old white racist pig. Now, (laughs) my children, they always say to me when I do something wrong, they were saying, "And you call yourself a pastor?" (laughs) That's what God did to me. (laughs) God said to me, "And you call yourself a pastor? You don't even know this woman. You know you're making a judgment now." And you made a call on the judgment. That's not right. So then I had to say, "Well, okay, God." Then she got up and walked away, and I thought, and I'm thinking, i thinking, "Yeah, God. Well, there. What about that?" <laughs> then, then she came back and sat down. And then I said, "Well, what what is the right thing for me to do in the eyes of God? What is the right?" And I said, "Well, I might just say hello to her." <laughs> I said. Hello! (laughs) And then she responded to me in the most beautiful voice and said hello to me. And then she started sharing her story about why she was there. And um, she was there because her her friend lost her husband. And she had lost her husband a few years back and she was supporting her all the way through it. Now this lady was coming on the plane that I was going to jump on to go to Melbourne and she was waiting for her. So we was talking, talking. And then the plane come in. And then she gets up. then she says to me, can you look after my bag? <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then when the lady comes, she invites me. She comes up and uh, introduces me to the lady. And then gives a mug and goes. So I know how quick we can jump to a conclusion, eh? So you've got to be very careful with your bias and prejudices because they come from everywhere. They can come from your family. They can come from your experiences. So you've just got to keep them in check and say, oh, I know why I'm making that decision because this has happened or that's happened. You've just got to be very careful. Um, the, one, the one thing that I've tried to do over the years is try and encourage churches to learn about um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And um, we are now a, a very important part of the Baptist Church's essay, and I acknowledge Melinda. And uh, <laughs> I know you've been a part of this church, and I acknowledge Elliot in the back. who used to be the pastor when I, I think I last came. Um, and we're, we're through the Baptist Church's essay, essay looking at this whole journey of how we can walk together as brothers and sisters in the Lord and I remember this guy came to me one day to my house he was a pastor and he said to me oh I want to come and work in your church Um, come alongside you you know and I said to him well brother what do you know about our history oh not a lot so we'll go out and go and learn about our history Three months later I had this knock on the door and the fellow came in and he sat down and he cried his eyes out. He cried his eyes out. And he said, Pastor, I didn't realise. I didn't realise what happened. So I always say to people, We're not we're not wanting you to learn our history to drive your guilt. We're actually wanting you to learn our history so you can have some compassion. So you can have some empathy. So maybe you might think to yourself, well, that's why they're saying this or that's why they're doing that because of what's happened in the past and our journey as brothers and sisters and the Lord is together but it's important that we learned the truth of the history in this country. The third thing is we need to know what Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people think about the vote, whether it's a yes or no. And I, I know within our community there's, um, there's those who say yes and there are those that say no. But the reasons are a little bit different to what I read in that little card. There's two cards that have been sent out to us um, from the Electoral Commission. There's also a booklet that's been sent out to us um, by the Electoral Commission. But what I'm finding is their, their reply or their response is a little bit different to what they're saying in those particular books. So it's important that you try and find out or work out what that is. I I spoke to 20 Aboriginal Christian leaders in this country and the majority said, ''Brother, we're going yes.'' A couple of them said, ''We're going no.'' And then one of the fellows that went yes, he came back and he said, ''No, he came back and he said, ''Now I'm going yes.'' (laughs) Someone on the other side. Now I'm going no, and I'm thinking, oh, come on, please. <laughs> it's like a, you know, roller coaster. Um, but I think um, as we get a bit closer, I think we might get a bit more of an idea of that. Um, also, what your the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander brothers and sisters think, you know? Because um, it's very important for us as Christian leaders to know that the church is going to do the right thing and what that might be, you know. Now, we're not going to tell you what that right thing is, but this whole aspect of what God is calling us to be as a church, is what what does God want us to do with all, in all this? So uh, I think once um, I get more of an idea of what our Aboriginal brothers and Torres Strait Islander Christians think, I'd like to be able to at least be able to inform our churches around this country Um, You know, I have Christian leaders all over this country that are connected to all the states and to be able to say, well, this is what we believe, the majority, um, maybe keep that in prayer, consider that in your prayers and maybe even consider what God is trying to say through all that. Um, The next one is, you know, obviously to check out what the Bible says. And um, I did have the the verse that just keeps coming back to me is um, found in Micah six eight, and um, we we quoted I've heard it quoted a lot over the years, and Micah six eight says. He's showing you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. To do what is good. To do what is good is important for us to have in the back of our mind what what is good, what is good in God's sight. And the second part of that is to do justly. And justly means to uphold what is just and what is proper. See, the problem I have is, and I get this in my church, and I'm sure you get this in your church, mate, is people are very good at interrogating other people, the responses to things. But I'm trying to say to people now, well, why don't you interrogate yourself? You know, why don't you ask God if there is something there that is holding you back or stopping you from making the decision that God wants you to make? You know, our heart, our heart, sorry to say, is desperately wicked. Our heart is. And so there was a writer, and I think it's in the Old Testament, where he says, Lord, try me and see me See if there is any offensive way in me. And if there is, then lead me in the way everlasting. All I'm asking from our brothers and sisters in Christ is in God to do what is right, to do what is good, that's all. Now, you might come to a conclusion, ah, yes. Or you might come to a conclusion, oh, no. What we have to be mindful of is where... There is a disagreement because we we don't all agree. We're going to have disagreements. The thing that overshadows all of that is our love for one another. You must learn to love one another. There are some things you're going to have to put up, sorry to say, in some people that get right under your skin. (laughs) And there will be people. But God has called us to love one another. How does the world know that we are his disciples? By our love for one another. Now, you and I can't fully understand what that is because of our own experiences around love, our own understanding of what love is. The only way that you're going to extend that love out is for you to experience the love of God yourself. And God is a pretty amazing God. And he will extend his love out to you one way or another. And when you, ex- when you experience that love, then you're able to freely extend that love to those around you. Now, if you can't do that, then you've got to ask God, what are the blockages in my life that are stopping me to love others? Because our tendency is to love those that, you know, don't do us harm or... We find easy to love but the ultimate challenge for us is to love our enemies now isn't that a big challenge how do we love our enemies how do we love those that you know spitefully work against us because that type of love that God is talking about is unconditional and I'm sorry to say in a lot of our churches our love is conditional But it can't be. Not the way that God wants us to extend our love to one another. And the last thing, maybe I'll just come back. So you were very important today. You're more important than you thought, (laughs) eh? Is that you've got to give big decisions, space and time, you know? It's a big decision. Um... When, when someone, you know, in the early part when we're talking about it, people were saying to me, oh, I already decided what I want to do. I'm thinking, well, how can you decide when there is so much information that is connected to these two decisions? You know, I don't know if you read that little book or the book, you know, the green one that was sent out? Anyone read that book right through? Yeah, a lot of information. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in there. Um, but what you've got to do is you've got to say, okay, that information is there. Is all that information truly correct? Is all that information truly correct? And my encouragement to you, it's a little bit of homework for you, is then to say, well, okay, let's check out that information, see if it is true. Um, My fear now is it's getting nasty and, you know, I'd never, ever wanted those radical thinkers to get in and start stirring up our minds and that's what they're doing. You know, there are some nasty things and, and it hurts me. It does hurt me as an Aboriginal person where things are said and I'm thinking, well, how do you even know that? Like, that that's, that's a lie. That's misinformation. But the problem with people in in general, is people are gullible. People will listen to someone and say, oh, yeah, that's true. And, you know, why, why would we do that? Why would we not challenge someone in that? So you've got to give yourself time. You've got to give yourself space. And if you want to do something for us, if you want to do something for us, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in this country, if you want to show us respect, Take the time and effort to find out what the yes is saying and what the no is saying and then be able to work through some of the stuff around that. At least give us that credit. You know, if you've done all that and you come back to me and say, Pastor, I'm going this way, I'm going that way, I say, well, you know, that's that's the decision you have made. That's a wise decision. An unwise decision is just take the first thought and run with it, you know. Don't do that. You mustn't do that. That's not respectful to us. Because the vote is about us. It's about the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people of this country. And it is a big vote. And this is where the majority of the country are going to vote on that for us. Because there's no way in the world that we'd be able to influence the decision because we only 3% of the population. So that's all I'm asking my brothers and sisters in Christ is to take the time and the space and to be able to check things out and then to pray. Yeah, like I never prayed before. <laughs> okay, then thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to come and speak here, Nate and um pray for i can pray i can pray um i can say a special prayer for your church um, and i think a special prayer for our country as well and will you do one after that
0: Love
1: okay.
0: to. there's a couple of things that i'll add in before uncle don prays for us um, and uh, we are so grateful for you making the time to come and share with us uh I'm aware of some of what your workload looks like, but also there's a limited number of Sundays uh, between when all of this got announced. And so for you to take the time to come and be with us today, we know, is at the expense of others that you could be spending time with. And so we're really grateful for that uh, and really grateful for your heart and for what you've shared and making the time with us today. Um, I think what I would want to say for us as a church community is that we are people uh, of reconciliation, that uh, that is a key call that god has done everything necessary as uncle don shared to show his love to us and done everything necessary to fully reconcile us to him but we're called to be agents of reconciliation we're told that jesus gives us the role of being the people who help reconciliation to happen in the world around us uh, and the best place for that to start is when we centre ourselves on Jesus. And as Uncle Don shared, allow that love for other people, believing the best in other people to flow out of us as our starting point before we get into the things that we necessarily disagree with uh, or come in opposing sides on. And so that's what I would hope uh, our posture is going to be as a church is that we continue to focus on what it means for us to be agents of reconciliation over the next few weeks uh, and whatever is on the other side of that. I also uh, think that for us as a church, we have a long history of adopting a posture of listening And learning, it's something that we believe is key uh, to be people we follow Jesus, is that we listen to those, particularly those who do come from different experiences than us, different backgrounds than us, uh, have different opinions than us, uh, that we want to adopt a posture of listening. And that's a big part of why we thought it was important to have Uncle Don come and share today, is so that we could listen. Um, But as we continue to think about things over the next few weeks, uh, what does it look like for us to continue to take a posture of listening and learning? in the midst of the things that we're thinking through. It's also really good for us to recognise uh, that we already have a voice to parliament in South Australia. And so that's something that uh, Melinda actually mentioned at our pastor's retreat a few weeks ago uh, is something that hadn't quite kind of hit home for me is the reality that because that's a state-based thing, it's not something that we had to vote on. Uh, But it is something, if you missed that, that happened earlier this year. And there is now a voice to parliament in South Australia. So the question is not should we have one? The question is how do we make that work the best that it possibly can? And so as we continue to process things, it's good for us to recognise whatever happens nationally, that is something that has happened at a state level and so we want to continue to think about what that looks like the last thing i'll say is this which is probably as strong as i'm going to get on this publicly anyway uh, is that one of the big catchphrases has been thrown around is if you don't know vote no and i would say for us as a church that is not something that we would agree with even to the slightest amount we would say if you don't know then find out more exactly as Uncle Don has said this morning. Uh, If you don't know, if you're still confused, if you're still wondering, like I don't know how to settle this out, there is a ton of stuff to be able to look at to be able to come to a good decision. But the idea to say, well, I'm not sure so I'll just vote no, is not something that we would agree with. Uh, We sent out a ton of resources in our weekly email last week. They'll be in our weekly email again tomorrow. Uh, And so we would encourage you to take the time to read through those things, um, but also to have conversations. There's an opportunity to have conversations with Uncle Don shortly over coffee. Uh, I'm very happy to have conversations with you over the next few weeks. Uh, I know Jules has also said she's very, very keen to have conversations as well. She was devastated stated that she couldn't be here today Uh, she has a working bee at her kindy that she works at she would have loved to have been here Um, but she's very happy to have conversations as well Uh, and so we would love you to just if you're in that place where you're still not sure or you're talking to people who aren't sure encourage them to find out and to do the work uh, because this is a really really important decision for us uh, to be able to make so I would love you to uh, pray for us and to pray for our nation as we head into this, and then I'd love to be able to pray for you as well.
1: That's right. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We can come to you any time as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Thank you for the opportunity here this morning with my brothers and sisters in the Lord, just being able to share what's in my heart and uh, just encourage each one of us to pray and to... Seek your will. It does tell us in Proverbs to trust in you with all of our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. And when we do that, Father, you will direct our paths. That's all we're asking, Lord, for you to direct our paths. Not not just our own thoughts, not the thoughts of others, but our thought is to be your thought, Lord. Our heart is to be your heart. And so I pray for a special blessing upon this church. Pray for the ministry that you've called them to here. And so I pray that you continue to be with the leaders, uh, look after their families, protect their families, and may they continue to look to you and be guided in responding to the community that they are nestled within. Also pray for this country, Lord. We pray that there be decency and order and that there be respectful conversation, Lord, and that where there isn't, that there would be a stand made against that so that people can think through things decently and orderly, Lord. And so I just pray for each one of us. I pray for salvation of all souls. I pray that as you have reconciled us and that we would then begin to understand what that means for us to be reconciled to one another. And so I ask for wisdom in that as well, Lord. Whether what, Whatever culture, whatever group, whatever area, We come from, Lord, that together we would be as one in the unity that we have through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: King Jesus, we want to thank you uh, and pray for Uncle Don. We are so grateful for the time that he's invested uh, in our church family this morning, Uh, but we are incredibly grateful and recognise the huge load that he is carrying as he continues uh, to be a key voice in the conversations that we're having at the moment, uh, particularly around our Baptist churches, uh, but so much wider than that And I'm also aware of the load that he carries, not just around this specific thing, but uh, there's so many other things in which he uh, continues to give out and out and out uh, into communities and into people who desperately need uh, him as a pastor uh, and as a wise voice. And so we want to pray that you would continue to sustain him particularly through these next few weeks. We recognise that there's lots going on uh, across our city, across our state, across our nation that he uh, is being drawn into. And so we ask that you would give him the energy that he needs. Uh, we pray that you would give him the opportunity to be able to rest and to be able to rest in you and that you would feel him uh, to overflowing so that he is not operating from a place of deficiency but a place uh, where he feels like he is full with what you've got for him to be able to do. And we ask that you would continue to give him wisdom as he speaks to people who come from all sorts of different perspectives right across our country. Uh, Continue to help him to be able to listen well, uh, but also continue to help him to know the best ways of being able to move these conversations forward so that he can advocate for the things that he uh, has encouraged us to be thinking about this morning. Uh, particularly around those areas of unity uh, and decency and making sure that we're having conversations that reflect what it means uh, to be people who are following you, Jesus. And so we ask that you would uh, equip him to be able to do all of this in your mighty and powerful name. Amen.